The reviews are in, and we're going to tell you what they are. He's Todd Vandenberg, and I'm Rob Steele. And boy, do we have some weird news to go with the weird movies. Some of this news I'm not particularly keen on. For example, AMC has decided to reopen some of their theaters on August 20th, possibly all of their theaters, with 15-cent ticket prices. The concept being that the adult that was the adult price of tickets 100 years ago when they opened, so happy birthday. And those of you who are planning on going to a theater on August 20th for your 15-cent ticket will probably not live long enough to see your 100th birthday, so this is the only thing you get to celebrate. I get, That's my take from it. What do you got? <laughs> I'd, I'd say it depends on where you live. Regal Cinemas is reopening August 21st, but not where I live. Good. Because, because they won't let them open up yet because things are too bad still in this area. So I, honestly, I do think it belongs and depends on what the situation is in your area. Uh, where we live and probably in most of the country, probably not a good idea. No. Um, yeah, from what I've seen, the, the distancing just doesn't look like it's distant enough in the theaters to me. I think it's an interesting promo that AMC is using. I mean, it makes sense for their 100th, an- 100th anniversary. <clears throat> and it will definitely bring people in to the movie theater, if anything would. 15 cents yeah. and to go with your $7 Coke. So that no, makes They're making for- up for it on the Coke. The Coke now costs 15 <clears throat> Yeah, probably. So, that, I mean, that's a smart move on their part. Um, but in, even if I could go back, if my theater was open, I wouldn't go back at this point because it's just too soon in this area, as I suspect it is for most of our viewer listeners, listener viewers, listeners, lures. lures. Yes, what? they've been lured back with 15 cent death tickets. So might want to pass on that for a little bit. This just sounds like a, a train crash waiting to happen. Mm. Yep. Uh, and speaking of, of train crashes, although this isn't a train, it's a motorcycle. Kind of a uh, big crash and burn situation on the f- upcoming Mission Impossible 7 set, where a, they were setting up a stunt involving a big motorcycle, and uh, it didn't go quite the way they expected. Uh, someone made a miscalculation, is what's being said, and it, it, it made a motorcycle blow up, but it was a like a hundred thousand dollar motorcycle oh, and it did a couple good. million dollars worth of damage or something. So guess what? The film has been delayed. Who That's knew? fun. Oh yeah. Bike go boom. Yeah. That's kind um, of sad. I'm just surprised Tom Cruise wasn't actually on it at the time. Yeah. Considering, um, okay. It wasn't mission impossible. I can remember there was recently a, a stuntman died working on either a, a movie or a film. Can't remember which. But I was thinking it was Mission Impossible, likely because of the freaking crazy stunts they do. Oh, but it was not. They're filming in the UK. It was Richard Hammond who wrecked the bike. I'm kidding. I was going to um, say, wouldn't be that surprising. <laughs> no, no. I love Hamster, but damn, dude. Um, let's see some. Weird news came out this week. Actually, two weird bits of news concerning Blazing Saddles, of all things. Uh, That's coming up on... It's coming up on 50 years old, isn't it? So that was Uh, 74? 74, yep. Coming up up on being... 46 years old. 
damn. But it's getting, uh, one of the bits of news is it's getting a remake. Just not in the way you'd expect it to, because who the hell would have thought it being done with uh, animated uh, animals? Not humans. And it's getting a, let's see, kind of a samurai twist to it. The, the story follows Hank, who is a dog who dreams of being a samurai. And he becomes uh, the, sh- the <clears throat> sheriff of a town populated entirely by cats. Now set this around the Blazing Saddle stuff, and there you go. Uh, Mel Brooks is on board with this, uh, apparently with Michael Sarah, Samuel L. Jackson, Ricky Gervais, George Takei, Michelle Yeoh, and I apologize, I am never going to pronounce your name right, Digimon Honsu. Who, Hons, how the hell do you pronounce that? I know who it is. I know he's really cool. I really like the guy. But his name is not something that I'm... I think I would just go with Jimon. But yes, he is an excellent actor. Has been very... He's been around a long time, actually. He has. Yeah, he's excellent. Oh, and George Takei is also in it. Yeah, which I think that, is cool. That's, that's, it has an excellent cast, but an odd way to twist this into... Not only twist it into animals and then turn it into like a samurai venture. That's just an odd. Well, I mean, if you're going to remake a movie and keep the same general premise, change as much of it as you can. So it is something new and this qualifies. I don't know if it's going to be any good, but there yeah. we go. Did you, did you notice the poster actually shows August, 2017? Apparently they've been thinking about this for a while or someone really no, screwed up not. on the poster. Yeah. So either, either they've been planning this for a hell of a long time and didn't get around to it. I think they probably just screwed up on the poster, but that's a really bad mistake. <laughs> wow. 2021 is the uh, target date for this film, not 2017. <laughs> just Lord. off the number of years it'll take for the film to turn 50, yeah. at which point it gets a new disclaimer. No, I'm kidding. It's going to get a new disclaimer now because it's on HBO Max. And... Okay, I'm sorry. This kind of goes back to something we talked about a few weeks ago where we... Yeah. I've forgotten what movie it was that uh, I saw that was rated PG-13 for something absolutely ridiculous. Um, And the way this headline is written, I thought Blazing Saddles might beat it because it is getting a... The headline as I read read it was, Blazing Saddles gets wind like disclaimer. Now... If you know this movie, there is a scene that involves wind of a sort. And I thought it's getting rated PG-13 because of the beans around the campfire scene. And they're labeling it as wind. No, that's not it. That that actually is not what they're doing with it. That's just what the headline read and where my brain took it. Um, they're, they're getting the, the gone with the wind type disclaimer at the beginning of it. Right. With the things that were made when this movie was made, things were depicted in ways that were kind of crap. So be careful when you watch this movie because some see to me, this is the kind of like the thing with uh, the disclaimers at the beginning of Bugs Bunny cartoons that say, don't try this at home. Right. 
Well, to because, me, this, yeah, I'm going to try to smoke a stick of dynamite. What? To, to, to me, this is worse. Okay, Gone to the Wind definitely has racist depictions of people. You think? So does Blazing Saddles. There's okay. a huge difference, though. Blazing Saddles is making fun of racism. That's the entire concept of Mel Brooks's film, is making fun of racism. You cannot possibly see this movie and not realize it's making fun of racists. Every racist in this movie is incredibly stupid. If we were doing a different well, show, I would say just how stupid they are. In fairness, I have yet to see someone who is racist and not stupid. Well, you know, and it kind of fits I'm, the I'm profile, just... right? So, I mean, to put a tr they're putting a trigger warning. Oh, this contains scenes of racism. No kidding. That's the whole movie, you dumbass. It's like, oh, my God. You know, I'm all for putting little warnings and notices and saying, by the way, this was done at a different time. This was not done at a different, at a different time. This movie could be made today and would be done exactly the same way because Mel Brooks would be taking a stand against the stupidity of people who believe in have these horrible racist views. That's the concept. You don't need to put a trigger warning on blazing saddles, for God's sakes. Holy crap. You know, if you need it, well, I, I don't know. Maybe you should go back to pre-K because who the hell would you be missed triggered an by that? bit somewhere. Yeah, seriously. You know, something that needs a trigger warning, and this triggered both of my kids that still live with me and the one that has her own place. Uh, it has to do with Avatar The Last Airbender, the live-action TV show that Netflix is doing. Uh, they were they had actually teamed up with Michael Dante, Dean DiMartino, and Brian. Good Lord, he has vowels. Koisicheko or something like that. The guys who created Avatar: The Last Airbender in the first place oh, those guys. were on board to build the live-action version, as opposed to the M Night Shakakan version that absolutely screwed everything up. And yeah. people were happy until they got rid of them. Oh, They're no. no longer working on it. And now people have gone from, this sounds like it's going to be awesome, to, oh, good, another steaming mound. Why don't you just get Shaka Khan back in to, to direct all the episodes? Or I guess for the first season, because it's not going to last to two if you do what you did with the movie. Is there... Is there any word if it was the dreaded creative differences? Why, yes, actually. Uh, it's a controversial, according to this article, quote, it's a controversial exit to say the least. The pair themselves issuing statements yesterday saying their departure was due to creative differences with Netflix. Always. Failing to keep their promises of giving them creative control over the live action series. Well, that's, I have to say, that's really stupid on Netflix's part. Um why would you bring them in if you're not going to give them creative control, if you didn't trust them to do it? And, and studios do this kind of thing all the time. And sometimes the studios are right. But, not but, but really doesn't seem like they were right in this instance. That seems, mm. uh, yeah. Would you like some good news? Yes, please, God. Thank this, you. This is, this is some interesting, Interesting news, especially if you are in or going to be in Bend, Oregon, or Oregon, whichever you wish to pronounce it. The world's last blockbuster video store is in Bend, Oregon. 
<laughs> and it has decided to open itself up as an Airbnb. <laughs> this is just bizarre. There's pictures of it. <laughs> Look them up. It looks like a blockbuster video store. And if you don't know what it looks like, look it up. I'm not going to describe it. But in the back of it, there's got a nice carpeted area, a sofa bed, a big screen TV, some lamps, and I'm guessing there's a bathroom somewhere and maybe a kitchen. I don't know. hope so. But you can uh, stay at their, their B&B in the store. For uh, overnight stay is just four dollars, which <laughs> is best B and B I've ever heard of. But let me guess: if you check out late, it's twenty. It might be more. Uh, but you get access to all the videos that are still in the store. I wonder how many are still in the store. If judging from this picture, quite a bit, but they're actually oh, it, it's all copies of uh, the Last Airbender. No. Um, yeah, probably would be. I, I couldn't tell you, but it, it it actually looks kind of interesting. A lot of, a lot of VHS tapes. It, it could be a lot of VHS tapes. I don't know. Hopefully they still have a VCR that works. That's the catch. It's only $4, but you got to bring your own VCR. Good luck with that. Yes, I, I know actually, you have it. <laughs> I have to give one to my son-in-law soon. It, it's the last one I've got, but he says he's got videotapes. Okay, fine. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Let's mix some good news and some bad news. Yeah, we love bad news. <laughs> that, that we, we have a lot of it, and we don't mean to. We'd like to have <laughs> Exactly. Uh, how about some casting news for HBO Max's Green Lantern series? Okay. Or there is such such a thing now. Um, Michael K. Is Williams. Is this going under good or bad? Okay. Sorry, what? I was just asking if this goes under good or bad. This... I think it has has potential, at least. Uh, Michael K. Williams from Boardwalk Empire is supposedly in the running for Sinestro. Uh, Linda Cardinelli is under consideration for Carol Ferris. Good, good call. I like her. Um, from the Watchmen, Jovan Adepo. Adepo. I'm not sure how to pronounce the last name. Uh, for John Stewart, the Green Lantern, not the guy from The Daily Show. Lovely. And Hal Jordan, and I like this better than Ryan Reynolds, because Ryan Reynolds to me was not Hal Jordan. Exactly. But James Marsden is. I think that's a pretty good call. I'm not a fan of James Marsden, but the last thing I saw him in, also, by the way, with Linda Cardinelli, uh, which we Ooh. talked about, dead, dead to me. Um, he was very good in that. That's the, by far the best I've seen him. Uh, and well, the he last I saw him in was Sonic, which I don't think counts. <laughs> He definitely fits Hal Jordan far better than Ryan. And of the two actors, I would rather watch Ryan Reynolds probably read a phone book than Marsden well, in Shakespeare. Me, Ryan Reynolds was fit. was uh, uh, Kyle Rayner. Yeah, totally. You know, he he was not Hal much Jordan. More, much more, absolutely was miscast as Hal Jordan. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say so much he was miscast as Hal Jordan as the Hal Jordan that was on in that movie was not Hal Jordan. It wasn't written as Hal Jordan. You know, it was just wrong on many points. By the way, you can get uh, either a Panasonic or Sony VCR through Amazon for about 150 bucks. Pretty nice. Oh, jeez. Or you can go find <laughs> yard sales. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm just saying. So anyway, that's the good news out of DC Comics this week. The bad news. 
unfortunately seriously outweighs this. Uh, DC Comics fired a lot of people this week. Yeah. Uh, and they, now, normally we, we, we're just going to stick with you know movies and TV, which is what we do. But I'm going to throw this in for a reason. They canceled a lot of, uh, of comic books. And I want yeah. to see if you recognize some of these names that, of books they canceled. <clears throat> Harley Quinn. That's the yeah. first one they canceled. Uh, Batgirl, The Red Hood, Batman and the Outsiders, Justice League Odyssey, Hawkman, Hellblazer, Teen Titans, Young Justice, Suicide Squad, and likely Aquaman. Now, there are two surprises there to me. Um Aquaman, that's a big surprise considering that that's one of the few movies that's actually done well. Yep. And I have not seen it, but did they not basically redo Aquaman in the comics so that he looks like Jason Momoa or did they not do that? I think they did and then they undid it and then they did it again and then they undid it. It depends on who's writing it this month and it doesn't matter because I don't think either of them are there anymore. That's part of the problem. Um, Yeah. And the Teen Titans are completely different team anyway so they're not none of the original characters are on there apparently the original characters are coming back for a big send-off hawkman has been canceled i mean literally i think hawkman has been canceled a dozen times more than any other character that i can think of it's incredible i would say for the most part why did they have their own comics that, I mean, to me, this is, I mean, it's kind of, obviously it's sad for the people working on those comics. And if you read those comics and you like them, <clears throat> I'm sorry, but does Red Hood really need his own comic? I mean, most half of those, three quarters of those. Well, it, it's Red Hood is currently Jason Todd, Robin number two. Right, right. Which is just too much. You don't need a it Red Hood comic and a, you know, and a Harley Quinn comic. I mean, now she's popular, but. I think that's more of a money grab. Yeah, exactly. I just don't think there's. But uh, going along with the the uh, canceling Batman comics, now it's crazy. uh, And the weirdness with the the movies and everything. Yeah. uh, The DC streaming service is technically not dead, but give it time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jim Lee, who was a spectacular writer and artist. uh, Yeah. In comic history, I, I really like his stuff. Particularly for uh, that. He's now one of the big wigs at DC. Has said that the DC EU shows are mostly now moving over to HBO Max, where Doom Patrol already is. Uh, Harley Quinn. I'm not sure if her TV series is there yet, but it is at least coming. Mm-hmm. Um, Star Girl is going straight to the CW, and I have watched an episode of it and kind of went, eh. But then again, I'm not the teenage girl, so I'm not the target audience. True that. Um, let's see. Titan season three was supposed to come later this year. It's kind of up in the air, but if it does, it'll come to HBO Max, as will Young Justice season four, which may or may not have started production. <laughs> that's something that irks me. No one seems to know what's going on with that, but that's the one I want more of. Yeah. Damn it. That. I think of all the the DC Comics properties, you know, you got Batman the Animated Series is the best individual episodic show that I think DC has ever produced. Agreed. But if you want the best series they've produced, I think it's Young Justice. And I'm including all the Arrowverse stuff. But uh, I know a lot of people are going to go, 
certainly close for me. It's in the conversation. I, I can't imagine yes. anyone saying that it isn't because it's really, really good. So, uh, yeah, so much for super powered stuff, but there is super powered stuff on TV. There is super powered stuff like, on like TV. on Netflix. I heard they have a new show. They did come out with a new movie, and they've this is their third. Well, they've had several big budget movies come out this this year. This is the third one that kind of stands out for me because they all have ties to superpowers. Now, the first one, Extraction, didn't have, had nothing to do with superpowers, but it did have Chris Hemsworth basically is a walking superpower by himself highly recommended it's the hair no matter what length it is yeah then we talked about the old guard charlie's throne and those were about basically immortal slash kind of like the eternals which is excellent an excellent superpower film based on a graphic novel and now we have project power just came out friday project power also about superpowers now the deal with this is that it is about a happy little pill that you can take, which gives you powers for five minutes. Trick is, you don't know what power you will get. Everyone gets a different power. Sometimes those powers are cool. Sometimes those powers will just make you explode. Not good. No. So, uh, and people are, and it gives people a, a tremendous high and all the rest of it. So people are using it as a drug, but also because it gives them powers to do stuff. The premise is, <clears throat> there is a young lady who is... Pushing power, which is what they call it. Little, little cool, shiny capsules that are CGI rendered so they look shiny and they glow and they do all sorts of cool stuff. It's, it's very well done. So she's, she's a dealer, even though she's in high school. That's just what's going on. There is a gentleman played by Jamie Foxx, who is referred to as the major for most of the film. He is maybe trying to take over maybe trying to stop it. You can't really tell for most of the film. So regardless, you can tell that he's really dangerous. He, he, he does not mind having to kill people if he has to kill people to find out what the actual source is. And then there is the third player who is a cop played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, the three, the three name man. Sometimes I call Joseph, Joseph Levitt Gordon because I can't keep his name straight and I, God knows why. So <clears throat> he is a cop. This is set it's in New Orleans. This is filmed in New Orleans. And at least a lot of it is filmed in New Orleans. And he is out to just keep his city safe. Uh, and this is not a spoiler because this comes really early. He decides that maybe he needs a little bit of power to help him along in this. There was an excellent scene fairly early into the film of a bank robber who is using the power to help him... Uh, pull off his, his robbery and just Gordon Levitt pops his little capsule. And most of the people who use this, they got a timer on their watch. A nice ad for Casio a couple times in the film. So as the, <laughs> as the countdown goes along <clears throat> and I don't think they really kept up with it in real time. Didn't seem like they did, but it wasn't like you're here, you are half an hour later and they're still got the power. It's not like that. So they do a fairly good job of keeping up with that, that five minute premise. So he is using this power to help keep the street safe, which is not really good because it's illegal. And there are conflicts. And then basically he just has to go off on his own to try to track down the major played by Jamie Foxx because he figures, ah, this is the new player in town. So you're trying to figure out, is the major really the bad guy? Because it seems like he's the bad guy for quite a bit of the film. And you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is definitely the good guy, although he's breaking the law. 
And then you have the young teenage girl who's caught in the middle of it because she's been, she's, she actually deals to Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh my God, I got his name right without looking at it. Yay me. Hey. So she actually, she's actually his dealer. So not really good that he's, you know, buying these illegal drugs, but that's what he feels he has to do. And she gets caught up in this war between the, the two of them. And then the story expands as, as Jamie Foxx gets closer and closer to the actual source of this, because it turns out this is a plot where they're testing this product because that's what it is. And it is a project, hence the name project power. And once they stabilize it, then they're going to go worldwide. Yay. Which would not be a really good thing for anybody because some people take it and die, which is not good. Um, And some people take it and make other people die, which is also not good. So lots of action, a fair amount of suspense, very well done effects. Jamie Foxx is excellent because Jamie Foxx is excellent. Same with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. One thing I really liked is there were a lot of little in references to pop culture. For instance, uh, one of the characters named is Robin. That's the young lady. As in Joseph Gordon-Levitt played a guy who turned out to be named Robin. And there are a few other little references to sidekicks and a comment about this isn't a, this isn't a comic book movie. This is real life. You can't do that, etc. So the effects are excellent. Uh, whoever did the effects for this, when they do uh, the Fantastic Four, I'll just say this person needs to be on the project because there's some, there's some torchy looking stuff, which looks fantastic, pun intended, but really well done. I really enjoyed Project Power. I just, I keep on wanting to call it Power Pack and it makes me think of of like the old Nintendo game system for some reason. I really don't like the name because it's too generic. It, Totally makes sense in the context. Power but, Pack was also a Marvel book. Yeah, it just I don't like the name, but I do like the movie. I mean, if this was at a theater and I had paid nine bucks, or if it was part of my subscription, whatever, as like would have been, I would have walked out happy. So, I mean, to me, that's the test of these the big projects that are on Netflix. Is like, does this would have this worked in a movie theater? Is like absolutely would. This does not have the feel of some made-for-TV schlocky thing. Very good flick. Uh, Jamie Foxx's character is pretty com. Actually, all three of them are pretty complex characters, which also bodes well. Uh, the directors are, you, you may remember the movie Catfish, which turned into a series that's still on, I think, Catfish. Uh, these are the directors, and they've done a few other things since then, but these are the guys who directed Catfish originally. So they're definitely expanding and going on to that, and Based on this, is like they're going to be doing some really, really good work moving forward. I thought this was a really good movie. Highly, re- it is listed as action crime sci-fi. So there you go. Project Power, highly recommended. You can see it on Netflix right now as soon as you finish listening to the show. Which, uh, yeah, I'm going to recommend it too. I, I have not seen the whole thing. I have seen clips, and I keep meaning to. But I had to watch something this week. <laughs> because people kept leaving me a particular meme. And I said, all right, I need to figure out which of the movies it's from. Cause I know it's from a series that Todd loves. So I'm moving into Toddatory, Territory, Todd territory, something like that. So you Toddatory, know, Toddatory, Toddatory, but in That sounds like terrible. Got a reason. Several people sent me this particular meme of Godzilla this week. 
<laughs> and it's a clip from Godzilla versus Megalon. So I got a hold of Godzilla versus Megalon from 1973 and I'm going to ask Todd a question because he knows these better than I do. Were these supposed to be taken seriously at the time? Not 1973 they weren't. Okay, cuz it's hard to take them seriously now. Yeah. And I didn't. Uh, if you've never seen a Godzilla movie and quite frankly I'm not sure I had until since this was new. Um this one seems to be kind of a standard fair Godzilla movie, but I'll talk about it anyway. From that era, yes. Yeah, there's the movie starts with a scientist who has created a robot named Jet Jaguar. <laughs> that's that's the name of the robot, not the scientist. Uh, the scientist had one name in the audio, but a different one in the subtitles. Okay. Uh, he also has a son. Interesting who is also an engineer and built a motorcycle that is too small for himself. Now, I want you to picture in your head a kid between the ages of four and six. Now, I want you to picture a motorcycle for a kid between the ages of four and six. Now, I want you to picture it way too small for them. I, I, I think it might have actually had Hot Wheels wheels on it. I mean, this was tiny yeah. bike. It, it looked weird. But... Uh, Anyway, the bad guys of the movie kidnap everyone, basically, and use the robot to uh, or take over the robot, I guess, to use him to guide Megalon to their targets. And they don't really say what the targets are, but that's OK. Uh, it turns out that the main villain of the movie is some remarkably pasty white guy. OK, often, he lives often. in sorry, what often often it's a yeah. remarkably pasty white guy. Uh, he lives in Seatopia, which uh, is a Japanese Atlantis, I suppose. Uh, and he's, ups he's upset with the underground nuclear testing. And you know what? I get that. I don't get why the Asian ladies wrapped in saran wrap, dancing in slow motion around an Easter Island statue were doing. But if that's what they want to do, apparently we'll watch that for a couple minutes. Um, anyway, they resurrect... I guess, Megalon, who lives in Seatopia, and he flies out of Seatopia. Now, Seatopia is underwater. Megalon's flying under the water with, you know what? That's enough of the story because the rest of it doesn't really matter anyway. Uh, the, the, the Japanese armies have spotted the new monster, and so send in the scale models and stock footage. For that is what you attack large monsters in Japan with is scale models and stock footage. Um, look, my biggest my biggest flaw with, with this this movie is the scientist who retook command of Chet Jaguar, who by the way looks like Jushin Thunder Liger. Just saying. And Ultraman. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which the same too. studio actually did Ultraman. So uh, it doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but he retook command of Jet Jaguar using a supersonic necklace. Now, this necklace is about the size of a 50-cent piece and somehow more powerful than the room full of computer equipment that they had to use to get the robot in the first place. And nobody, no one in this film looked at the guy and went, you can control it with that necklace, and you've got this room full of... St why did you just not use the necklace in the first... 
I don't get that. <laughs> I do, it overrode the every all the commands in the computer. Fine, it's, it's whatever. It's mystical. I'm going to chalk it up to Godzilla silliness. Yes, right up there with Jet Jaguar summoning Godzilla by using semaphore, <laughs> and yeah. and Godzilla understood. Correct. Wow, really? Um, I, I, I'm not even going to bother with trying to figure out why Jet Jaguar mysteriously grew to Godzilla size to support uh, our hero Godzilla against Megalon and the other monster that just decided to show up because they called him, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, the second, I guess it's like the second half of the movie ended up being a wrestling tag team match. Between yes. Godzilla and Jet Jaguar against the other two, which is fine because I mentioned earlier, Jet Jaguar looks like Jushin Thunder Liger, so why not? Uh, was this one of the all-time great movies? No, of course not. But it was a lot of fun. Uh, I laughed it, la- laughed it, laughed it because I can spell. You did. I laugh. laughed a lot more frequently than I had expected to. I knew it was going to be silly and have a lot of stuff in it that was going to make me go wow really they did that and yep that would be the scale models and stock footage um but you know what it was a it was a fun movie i had i i I, oh actually i do have one other thing with it uh the the women in the saran wrap dancing around the easter island statue in (laughs) Seatopia are the only women in the movie that that happens a lot. Usually, there's one or two women in the Godzilla movies, and that's usually. Well, that I, I'm trying to figure out where's where's the. They, they never even mention the mom of the kid who has the overly small overly small uh, motorcycle. And the other thing, and I don't know why this struck me, but the good guys in this movie are not allowed to have roofs on their cars. And it's not that they're convertible. I mean, there's like a, 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 hot, a 50s hot rod at the beginning, which might be convertible, but it didn't look like it had a roof. And then they have this looks like a Peugeot 205, but it literally has had the roof removed from the middle of it. <laughs> was was that a thing in the 70s that I'm, I, I was barely? Apparently it was for them. Apparently that, it was for them. Yeah, most of the most of the Godzilla after the first two, really, they they got progressively sillier because the first one is is definitely not a silly film, and it's 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 a pretty somber film. And you know, I've talked about it before, but yeah, it gets very silly to the point. There's one film I don't think it's this one, but there's one film where Godzilla literally dances an Irish jig, as in crossing his legs and doing that. Yeah, it's it's pretty yeah, this- insane. This is the one where he does the drop kick while gliding on his tail. Yes. Yes. Or, uh, twice. Yes. Just which is twice. pretty nice. He uses his atomic breath to fly and glide and tucks his tail underneath him and flies. It's like <laughs> absolutely insane. And, and that's the highlight of the film. Like you said, they have the tag team match. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. This movie is extremely silly, but it's supposed to be because they kind of remove, they re, targeted Godzilla to be a kid's franchise because kids really reacted and they made him sillier and funnier and, and it totally works for that. There you go. Not one of my favorite Godzilla Cause I don't like, I mean, I like all of them. All, all the movies are fine. Uh, but I like the more serious ones, which started out with and which returned later on. But 
yeah, for just like a Saturday afternoon, especially if you have kids, very hard to beat that. Oh, yeah, I, I brought school. my kids in and said, watch this drop kick. Because <laughs> that's the meme that everybody sent me this week. For It wasn't even you. I would have expected it from you because you're yeah. a Godzilla person. It wasn't me. It wasn't you. I am blameless this time. Thank God. Even blame Ted, you know, Captain Prepro did not send me anything this week. <laughs> Ted, you yes. failed us. <laughs> he wandered into the void. Oh, wait, sorry. That's, my, that's the best segue I could come up with for the next movie. He did wander into the void. And Ted would not be happy if he wandered into this void. This film is called The Void. Except no substitutes. This came out in either 2016 or 2017, depending on whether you want to believe IMDb or IMDb, because they list both years. <laughs> whoops yep uh anyway apparently it was released in 2017 in the u.s and that's where you'll see most of the the listings for it and do not uh watch enter the void and think you're watching this movie or, or void and think you're watching this movie or beyond the void or the beyond which is also called void it's the void uh premise is a person kills some people at a house Wanders into a hospital. He's full of blood, his own blood, and he's covered with other people's blood. Local sheriff's deputy, like, tries to stop him. Things go haywire. Turns out there are some strange people who are doing strange, mysterious, extra-dimensional things. And people get shot, and then they get up. And people start killing other people with axes and hatchets and axits. And all kinds of sharp-bladed instruments. Yeah, axits, because I can't talk. Axits. It's a new thing. They're they're pocket-sized axits. So it's this bizarre cult, and they show up. They kind of look like they're KKK people, except they have a black triangle on their hood. And they can't. Apparently, they can see through it, but there are no eye holes or anything. So they're creepy and weird, and they just kind of pop up all over the place. And they're keeping them at this small little local hospital. So they're, they slowly they become under siege, and then it turns out that people in the hospital die, but then they come back to life, and they turn into horrifying monsters, and they sprout bizarre tentacles and stuff. So it has kind of this elder gods, Lovecraft-type feel, although it's not based on any of his stories. <laughs> Things get worse. Things get worse for our heroes as one by one they get picked off. And then it turns out that... Someone is running this show. Someone is calling this all into action. It turns out it's the dad of our cop buddy who has died, but he's decided to come back because he wants to take over the world with the help of his weird, freaky creatures from the void. So it, it starts off as a little bit like the crazies where you know these people just kind of mutate and turn into killers and then it turns out oh there's an extra dimensional aspect to it and it turns out super super creepy like a lovecraft film and it gets gorier and gorier as it goes along it's a low budget film i mean i don't know what the budget was offhand i didn't bother to look it up i'm guessing five hundred thousand dollars which is not a whole lot of money for a film maybe it was a hundred thousand but they did a really good job with the practical effects, given given that. Uh, the acting, never heard of a single person who, who's in this film. They all did a good job. Uh, unlike other films, which I think I'll talk about in another film next week, which the acting is horrific. Uh, but definitely, if you like horror films, this is 
definitely entertaining. This is listed as horror, mystery, sci-fi. And I think that fits all, all of those parameters. It's an hour and a half. It will, if you are easily grossed out, this might not be your cup of blood because that's what you're going to get. Lots of it. Lots of gore, lots of bursting body parts and mangled people. And, and it gets to a scene later on in the film where there are lots of really horrific looking creatures, which someone had a lot of bad nightmares to come up with these. Cause man, there's some really screwed up looking uh, people slash creature mutations. And they're all trying to kill our, our heroes, which they're not down to many at this point. So there is quite a bit of good comic relief in it. Uh, intentional, which is always good. And again, and again, just like the other film, this is directed by two directors and these guys basically have been, they've directed a couple of small projects. Basically they've been art directors is what they've, is what they, how they make their bones, but they've been working on some really good films like, let's see, Total Recall, the remake, Pacific Rim, the remake of Robocop. Not great, but it looked great. The Hannibal TV series, Suicide Squad, which looked great. The Shape of Water, It. I mean, been involved with a lot of really good projects. So uh, the fact that, like I said, uh, all the actors in this are good, but it's not like A-level talent. I guarantee if these guys get a budget behind them and it's like A-level acting talent, they could make something absolutely blow you out of the water because considering the level that they're at for this film, definitely worth watching. Uh, you know, compared to what they had for Project Power, you know, if they had, if they could get Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, um, you know, that would be, and the budget that that film had, I don't know what it was, but I'm guessing 70, 80 million, they could turn out something spectacular. So The Void, 2017, it is available on Prime, Amazon, and it be free on Amazon, so... Knock yourself out. Highly recommend The Void. Of the two, I would say you probably should watch Project Power, but not that much difference in the entertainment value to me. Both high, both very good flicks. And both you can actually, all three of them, you, you know, I'll, I'll include Godzilla in this. You can get them at home, which is a good place to be because outside is kind of like The Void right now. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'm not going to recommend going outside. I'm going to recommend staying home and watching a movie. Captain, we're losing power in the warp engines. I think we should be leaving now. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Uh, and on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I am very disappointed. Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, eh, it's a living. And like that, he's gone. Holy crimson skies of death!